Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. My guest today is Melissa Clampett. Melissa is a mom and host of the Reawakened Mom podcast. She's passionate about helping other moms feel connected to themselves and show up more energized for their families. And before we dive in, I just wanted to mention on a personal note that I know all the shutdowns and isolation in the past few years has been devastating for a lot of moms to have been cut off from each other and what I know to be a vital sense of community and support. And I hope this conversation reminds you how important it is to reach out if you're struggling. I found there's always a mom out there who's willing to listen and relate, who's been there. And in my experience, the motherhood journey is so much better when you don't feel like you're going at it alone. So with that in mind, I'm thrilled to jump into my conversation with Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm fabulous. We were just chatting about my amazing morning that I've had so far. So I'm feeling nice and relaxed and ready to to share with you and your listeners today. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to have you on. And as you know, this podcast is dedicated to to the moms out there. So I feel like I have to start with the classic question of how old are your kids? Got to ground us in in the basics here. (laughs) So I met my now husband. We've been married for 17 years. And when we met, he had actually been married before. And so I jumped into a relationship that had a nine-year-old son. And so many people, honestly, when I first jumped in, thought, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? First of all, your husband is this man is nine years older than you. And he has a nine-year-old son. Like you're coming with a lot of baggage here. And I was like, you know what? I love him as a person. And to me, it gave me a great insight to how he would be with our children because I could see how he was with his son. So to kind of pull back around when I met Slater, he was nine, he's now 29. So I have a 29 year old stepson then I have a 15-year-old son, and then I have a 12-year-old son. So it's me and my glory with all my boys. <laughs> well, that's that's a really, that's a, a good story. I I think that it's nice that you have this span and you've almost been through it twice in some ways. And I'm guessing that having, you know, help raise your stepson and going through again with your two boys, you've, you've had the the opportunity to like learn the lessons and practice again. Yeah. I mean, yes and no, it is a lot, you know, when you, when we have, I have a stepson, so my husband and his ex-wife share custody. So he wasn't always at our house. So there's a lot different there because there's a break of time when they're not always with you. So my stepson wasn't always at our house and I didn't raise him as a baby. So I didn't have all that to go through. So it's really a yes and no. And you know, like kids are so different. 
So when I had my 15 year old now, when he was a baby, my stepson, he would come to our house two days a week. And then he was with his mom the other days. And, you know, when you bring another baby into a family dynamic that is already established, there can be a lot of ups and downs and a lot of well, maybe I'll stay with my mom or maybe I'll come here or you run things different than at my mom's house. So there was a lot of that, not necessarily verbally, but I used to be a school teacher. So you can just read human interaction and communication skills that are nonverbal. So we dealt with a lot of that going forward when, when I had my 15 year old son, Jackson, when he was a baby and then kind of raising him as a baby and then going into having my son, Nicholas. So Jackson was about three when he was born. So there was a lot that was the same, but it was so different because they're very different kids, even though they're all boys. Oh my gosh, full of energy. They're very different personalities. So it was still trying to figure it out as I go. I think as most moms do, you know, there's no book, you try and read all the books and how to be the best mom and you know, how to raise how to breastfeed how to do all these things. And we drive ourselves crazy doing that. I think so many times because a lot of the time it doesn't work out the way you read it. Absolutely. Well, and despite where any of us are in our motherhood journey, whether, you know, we're in the the baby phase, the teen phase, the grown kid phase, I think that it's fair to say that with the lockdowns and everything going on the last few years, a lot of moms have hit an edge and are, are burnt out. And I know something that you focus a lot and talk to a lot of women about on your podcast and regularly It's just kind of like reawakening the energy in the home. And for so many people who have had so many like kids home, spouse home, your home more, I'm wondering if you have some ideas of of where we could start with maybe even just breathing some fresh energy into our home life. Yeah, I do. You know, I think for sure it starts with us as the person We can try to change or give hints to our spouse or our kids on things that they should be doing or could be doing. But ultimately, if we aren't, if we aren't happy with where we are as a mom, whether it is being a mom, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your home life or your relationships, ultimately, then you aren't going to be happy in any other thing. So if you can't love yourself for who you are as a person outside of all the labels, then it really, I have just really come to believe that it's really hard to truly have other people love you and let them love you the way that you need if you don't start with yourself. So for me, I have been doing a lot of self-reflection on you know, and I'm doing actually a pledge right now, an I love me more pledge. And it's really coming home to myself. It's really coming home to those things that, you know, you used to love when you were younger or before you were a mom or before you were married. Like, who did you, Whitney, as a person love to do before you had all these other balls that you were throwing up in the air? Because so many times as mom and women, we put ourselves last. So for me, that self-care of myself and caring for myself has to come first because if I'm feeling flustered or if I'm feeling frustrated with things that I have going on personally, then I I can't even take care of my household because I am just so anxious or I'm upset or I'm frustrated or I'm just not happy. And so we have to bring more joy back into our lives you know, and not feel like we always have to be doing, 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 but we can actually enjoy 
who we are in the moment. That makes a lot of sense to me because I found when I'm just in such a good place or shining with something I'm excited about, being a parent feels easier, lighter. And so I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I think for some women, depending on the season and especially right now, there's just a heaviness and it seems like trickier to figure out, like they know they want to be taking care of themselves more and more attuned to themselves, but they really don't know where to start. So what advice would you have for women who are in a full season where they feel stretched for like creating that time and just even baby steps? Yes. Baby steps is huge because if you try to take on way too much and you're already full schedule, then you're going to feel like a failure, right? You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to look at my calendar, like a pie of all the things that I have going on right now? And how am I supposed to fit something for myself in there? Because I have to get the kids up ready for school. I have to, I'm making their lunch. I'm making their breakfast. Then I've got to go to to work or I'm doing this, or then I have to take my kids to sports after. How am I going to even find time for myself? And I think the baby steps is so important and doing something. I like to try and do something for myself before my kids are even awake. That has just been what has worked for me because my personality and I know myself, my energy is high first thing in the morning before I've interacted with anybody, right? Before I've interacted with anybody, before I've talked to anybody, before I have picked up my phone to look at social media or turn my computer on to do work, I've got to do that for myself. So what I have done over the years before, when I was a school teacher, it looked like me getting up at five in the morning to go to the gym, because that was literally the only time that I had. So I I needed to make it work. And I was sick and tired of putting myself last because I was grumpy. I was miserable. I was starting to get resentful. You know, my husband had this time that he could go work out. He was doing Ironman. And I was like, what about me? What about me? But I wasn't also asking for the time. I wasn't saying, hey, listen, can we try to work this out? Can we try to, can you get up maybe 10 minutes when the kids are up? And then can I have that time to myself? We have to start asking for help. And it doesn't make us weak. It does not mean we are not a good mom. It does not mean that you are a failure. It You're human. And we have got to drop the super mom, super woman cape because that is destroying us. The society of like the hustle, hustle, I do it all. I make it look perfect. It is not true, ladies. It is not true. So cut up that cape, ask for help. That is the first thing. Ask for help if you need it, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's your family. It's so important, but take a little bit of time. If the morning works for you, five minutes, maybe get up five minutes earlier, do something for yourself. Just take some deep breaths. Maybe before you even get out of bed, you could have a notepad next to your bed. You could write down your thoughts. You could write out some things. I'm big on gratitude, writing things that you're grateful for. You can always find things to be grateful for. Calling a friend. Sometimes it's just asking yourself, what do I need today? What do I need today? And sometimes it's human interaction, not our family. (laughs) Just putting that out there. (laughs) I think that that'll ring true for all moms. Uh, (laughs) So I just think, you know, asking for help, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means, yeah, I'm human and I've got a lot of things that are on my plate, whether I want them to be or not. It could just be the old story of this is what a mom's supposed to do. And we're like, you know what? I don't really want to do all this right now. And I'm asking for some help because I don't have to 
carry all this weight on my shoulders. I don't have to. And so it's asking for help. It's calling friends and talking. I think we, you know, you mentioned earlier us being in lockdown and in some areas it's still happening. And I think that human interaction, people that enjoy that human interaction, people that love to meet their friends, if you play sports, if you, you know, were going out and socializing. And then when all that was taken away, I think that was just added so much weight to us because then we lost that, like, well, where, who would I talk to? Cause then if your kids are home and then now you're the school teacher, then we lost that automatic. Well, I get some time away from my family, which we all need, right? We love our family. We love our spouse. We love our kids, but we also need some separation. We also need something that's just ours. And so not being able to see our friends, that put a huge strain on me. And I'm sorry, but Zoom is not the same. So just calling your girlfriend and talking to her, I mean, to me, that's caring for yourself, figuring out like, what do I need today? Asking yourself, it's something that doesn't have to cost any money and just starting with something small. Yeah. Something small that will help you replenish so that you don't feel like you're serving from a place of... (laughs) (laughs) tiredness and and everything else. I hear you. Yeah. I want to go back to, you mentioned dropping the capes. And when you said that, it made me think of comparisonitis, which I know is something, especially now we live like it or not. We live in this very virtual world where you can see, you know, with a click of the thumb, what every mom on earth basically is doing. And we get it. Everyone's sophisticated and enough to know that some people are just posting their highlight reel. And and I, I think that my listeners know that, but I still think it's easy to fall into that feeling of, gosh, I'm just not doing enough. Mm-hmm. So how do you combat that in your, in your life? Oh, it's a practice. It is a daily practice. And I'm nowhere near perfect at it for sure. There are still days when I'm like, oh my God, like you just happen to see something and then you start the scroll and then you see all these other people that are doing all these amazing things. Like you said, the highlight reel. One of the things that I did this year for myself is I actually deleted Facebook and Messenger off my phone because I was finding that that was happening. So instead of sitting, both my kids do travel sports. So we're on, I'm on the road a lot traveling to a sport. So if I'm driving an hour away, what am I going to be doing during their practice? I'm not a parent that goes in and watches all the time. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to watch you play a lot of games. I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to jump on a zoom. Like I'm going to make this time productive. And just, I would find myself just sitting on social media scrolling. And then I'm like, oh my God, what happened in that 45 minutes? And then I started comparing like, oh, I should be doing something else. Oh, I should be on here doing a reel. Oh, I should be on here, whatever. I should be in there watching my child practice. Doesn't that make me a bad mom if I don't want to watch my kid practice? So you start to think these things. So for me, one of the biggest things is I deleted that social media. So I wasn't always feeding my mind with it. Because when you start to feed your mind with it all the time, and when you go grab your phone, like ladies, listen, pull your phone up and actually look at the time that you are on social media, go into your settings and look at your time. I think you will be really shocked probably at how much time you spend on those social media apps. There's nothing wrong with social media. I love it. 
if you're going there for the right place, but if you're going there and it's making you feel bad about yourself, and then it's starting to lead to comparison that you're not enough and you're not doing enough and making you get into this negative spiral, then that's, that's not a good thing. So I deleted them off my phone. I also never start my day grabbing my phone on social media. I always start my day with, you know, some form of meditation, you know, a quick meditation, a guided meditation, some journaling. And I also do that gratitude every single day, thinking about the things that I'm grateful for, for my life, because I know if I jump to social media, something's going to happen. I'm going to lose track of time. I'm going to see something that somebody posted from last night and I could start to compare. So for me, those have really been two big things that have worked for me. And I think writing those gratitudes out every single day and and really being grateful for what I have in my life, being present in the moment, you know, so when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. When I'm working, I'm working. You know, that is really big. And I worked with a a business coach last year and something that I found interesting and your listeners might also find benefit in is she had me write down all the things that I had done. So writing down, okay, if I have certificates or if I had earned degrees, but also everything else, like I had had babies, I lived in another country, like I used to travel before there were cell phones, like writing down all the things that you actually have done and accomplished. And I bet when you first start, it's going to be a little bit hard because sometimes when we try and think of the positives, it's hard for us to actually think of them because our mind starts to think of the negative right away. But if you start to actually write them down and then you really get going, ladies, be so proud of yourself because you have done so many amazing things. Yeah. You're not going to, you're, you're going to compare every once in a while, but when you look at the things that you have actually done and when you think, what do I need? Then I feel like that changes everything. But if you start and you're always on social media, I feel like that is going to really, you know, make it harder to compare if you're always on there just scrolling everybody else's feed. I always say, I say it to my kids all the time because they'll go on Instagram and they're just looking at everybody else's life. And I'm like, do you know what you're doing? You're watching somebody else live their life. Like you're watching somebody else live their life. And then you're sitting here watching. And if that's what you want, then go do it. Like if you're watching someone play baseball, then go play baseball. But if you're constantly sitting watching somebody else live their life and they're only showing you the good things, then get out there. Go live your life. Yeah. Well, and speaking of living your life, I think people are people are ready for that more than ever right now. I feel like there's like a cracking open and uh, people want to play and experience more joy and and turn a, turn a new leaf. And I know that your word of the year, I hope it's okay to put you on the spot here. I know that it's joy and what a wonderful word. And so how is that going to look through your life through a joyful lens? And how have you found ways to invite more joy into your home life? Yeah. So I have actually asked for help more because I was finding as a mom doing all the things, you know, I felt like, oh my God, boys, especially, you know, teenagers, they eat so much food. So there's so many dishes, like there's so much cleaning up, there's sweatshirts everywhere. Like there's just stuff everywhere. And I didn't feel like it should have to be on me to have to always feel like I was cleaning up all the time. So it was having us conversation like, hey, listen, like let's, this is our household. This is our family. Let's try and figure some things out. So it's not just one person feeling like they're doing everything, but we're working together. 
having a lot of time for myself. I have been planning self-care workouts because the last two years really got me in a rut with working out. I was in a good groove. Like I would run, I would do a lot of different things. And then I was like, I don't want to go wear a mask to the gym. So it just kind of got me out of the things that I liked to do. So I reevaluated what even do I like to do? I want to do things that make me smile when I'm doing them, hence joy. So if it's something that's not bringing me joy, do I really want to go like run a half marathon? Does that bring me joy anymore? I don't know. So I have signed up for like Pilates and yoga. I just talked, I did a float earlier. So I was in like a salt bath. So I'm doing things for myself unapologetically. That's bringing me joy. And in turn, that reflects onto my family. So we also have no technology days. So we've tried to like play ping pong together, do things together more. And sometimes with teenagers, there's a lot of resistance. (laughs) (laughs) It's a process, ladies. Remember, it's a process. But doing that, so, you know, trying to have time when we do spend together as a family, you know, it can be very limited because my kids do play sports. They're very active at night. My husband and I own a restaurant, so his schedule is very different than our schedule. So it's really just the finding the time that you have when you can work together as a family. So my kids, my husband and I really can't do a date night because the days that he's home and off from the restaurant, my kids typically have a sporting thing that night. So we have like date day. So Mondays has been this year, we have said Mondays is our day. Neither one of us is going to schedule work stuff as much as possible. Like Mondays are our day. So that has been really good for us to just rekindle our relationship, you know, talk about things other than our children. I'm in my forties. He's in his fifties. Like, okay, what are, what are we doing now? I'm always shifting. I feel like in my energy and my mood and like, okay, what do I want to create right now? Like the podcast. So it's just talking about life and having that uninterrupted time without our kids where we can actually go have fun. Like we went bowling together on Monday without kids. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But it was kind of weird to Whitney because there was only two of us. We both got two balls. So it was like, I felt like we were speed bowling. It went so, I was like, what? I was like out of breath. I was like, why are we bowling so quickly? It was really because there was only two of us. So we didn't have to wait around a long time. But it's just having more fun and remembering life is too short. Slow down, take every day and enjoy it. I've gotten a lot of bubble baths recently because it brings me so much joy. I wrote a list of a hundred things that bring me joy. And it can be like wearing my favorite pair of like fluffy sweatpants. And it's just, it doesn't have to be things that are expensive, but it's just, I'm going to the beach today. I'm putting my toes in the, in the grass. Those things bring me joy. And so it's just really looking at those pockets and finding, okay, I want joy. I want to be in alignment in all areas of my life. And when I'm in alignment, when I'm doing things that make me happy and setting boundaries, which I think is huge, then I'm going to have more joy throughout my life. And then all the abundance and the financial stability, like all the things are just going to come my way when I'm living a life filled with joy. Well. First of all, I love that you got creative and found a time to connect with your partner, even if it's not the conventional dinner date. Well done. Uh, I think that it's easy to 
lose sight of when we hang out with our partners outside the house and it really changes the energy, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it does. And so like I met my husband and he was in the restaurant industry. So like we've never had quote, quote, the typical weekends, you know, it was a running joke for so many years when my kids were little, we would go to things and I would have my girlfriend who her husband was a doctor at the time. And he always worked on the weekends. So we would be each other's partners. And I'm just like, they're like, where's your husband? I'm like, come on, we own a restaurant. He's working. So it's, you have to be creative and you have to get rid of the stories. Like, Oh, the only time you can spend together is a nighttime or the weekend. It's like, no, you can do whatever you want. This is your life rip up the the old story of what it has to be. You're, you're making this, you're writing your own journey. And so that's just what has worked for us now that I'm not teaching. And so it's like, well, Mondays and Tuesdays, those are the only days you're home. Let's make Monday non-negotiable. That's our day together as much as we possibly can and, and do different things that can just rekindle us. Cause we've been together for 17 years. It's a long time. Absolutely. And your kids are a, a little older now and you've obviously had some powerful shifts and are creating and taking care of yourself and still working, but it sounds like you found a really good balance for your family. I'm wondering, and I'm, I celebrate you for being in such a good place. It's amazing. It's inspiring. I'm wondering, looking back though, if there's some lessons you can tell us about motherhood that maybe you learned the hard way. Yeah. That I didn't have to do anything. I had to do it all. Honestly, that you know, when I first had my my son now, who's 15, I was like, I am going to have my children with me at all times. I don't understand why moms go and get their hair cut and don't take their babies. Like my children will never leave my side. And that quickly ended when you're breastfeeding and your child needs you all the time. And you, I was working. I never say I stayed at home because I was always working. So when I left teaching, I had a jewelry business. So I still was working, but I was working from home. That was such a gift. So I didn't have to miss anything. So I scheduled my my time and my jewelry shows and things like that around when I could do it. But I think the biggest thing was not asking for help and thinking I had to do it all because that's what a good mom does. And I think that really led to a lot of sleepless nights, crying in the bathroom, coming home and just like putting my face in a pillow because I was exhausted. And then I was getting resentful of my husband because I'm like, you get to leave the house. Oh, look at you. I'm home all the time, but you get to leave. You get to go to work. You get to go work out. And here I am. As a mom, I love it, but I'm like, I started to get resentful. He was doing Ironman and working full-time at a restaurant. And I was like, I have no time to myself. I don't even get to pee without someone interrupting me. How dare you? And I was getting resentful. And I was like, what the heck? He's not asking for me to be resentful. Like if I wanted time, like I just have to ask. I just have to speak up. I just have to communicate that to my spouse. And I wasn't, I just was like, shouldn't you be able to read my mind? Shouldn't you know what this brain is thinking? (laughs) And so that was the biggest thing for me is just thinking I had to do it all myself. Nobody could do it better than me. All of it, cooking, cleaning, taking the kids everywhere, all the things I had to do it all, the birthday parties, everything, and not asking for help. And once I realized that it didn't make me any less of a mom 
if I asked for help and it didn't make me any less of a mom, if I didn't do it all, then that really shifted for me. And I think that is that old story of moms have to do it all. And like kind of the, the label of what a mom is. I think once I finally realized that this isn't working for me because I hated it. And I was like, I'm miserable right now. Why am I so miserable? I have the quote unquote, perfect life. You know, I'm married. I have these amazing children. They're healthy. I have a house. I get to work from home. I'm good. And I was like, what the heck? Why am I, I am just a spoiled brat. What the heck is wrong with me? And then I just had to really dig into why am I feeling this way? You know, and I talked to, I was part of like a mom's club. So I would just kind of talk to other moms, which I think is so important for everyone listening is to really, you know, when I joked earlier, like, you know, you have other people to talk to other than your family. It's really true. You love your kids. You love your spouse, but it's just not the same as talking to other women that are going through what you're going through. So I just found a great support system and, and I found out that I wasn't alone. There was a lot of people going through the same feelings and emotions that I was going through. So I felt okay that it wasn't just me. It was a lot of other people. And when you start talking about it and realizing that, I think that's really powerful. Absolutely. Just that feeling that you're you're not alone. And sometimes I feel like if you have worked to create a situation where you you think you're going to feel good and think you're going to feel balanced and then you still don't feel good there can be some almost guilt or shame with that right yeah. it seems that that's a little bit of what you might have been experiencing yeah absolutely and it was just you know back in the day i mean social media wasn't as big at anything like it is now so it was just you know i would look in magazines or you read things or i would watch tv because again it wasn't social media was nothing like it is now So you didn't really have as much access to information as readily, I don't think. And so me being able to talk to my girl, so you could really, what I want to say is you could really have gotten in a rut really quickly because there wasn't as much information. So if you weren't say getting out of the house, so if you were at home, you were staying at home, you were working from home and you didn't have access to as many women and adult interactions where you could share how you really were feeling, then you could really get in a dark place and you could just, no one would know what was going on if you didn't talk about it. So I think it was really powerful, you know, for all women, I think, especially after these last two years to really make sure you're talking to people, make sure you have, even if it's just one, one really good friend, you know, maybe it's your mom, who knows, just somebody that you can really reach out to and talk to. And just know that you're not alone. Like we all are sharing the same life. Like what you're feeling is probably things that I have been feeling. There's moms that are amazing and moms that love labor and moms that love being pregnant. And there's moms that don't. And so don't think that you're the only one going through it. Like talk to somebody, ask for help. I think are really some big things just that I think would have been really helpful for me at the beginning to kind of know that there is no perfect way that this works. There is no perfect mom everybody's messing up all the time. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Honestly, you could read the book on how to get your baby to sleep, but (laughs) your baby is your baby. So it might not work. (laughs) You know, I just think it's so important. Just, you know, have fun with it. Don't wish away the days of your baby and then toddler years. Cause you think, I know I thought it was going to be so much easier. Oh my gosh. When I get out of these toddler phases, like it's going to be so much easier. And, and now that I have teenagers, I'm like, oh wow. Like this is, this is 
harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be so easy and it was just going to be angelic and they're going to do all these things and love their mama. So just have fun with it in the moment that it is because eventually some, at some point you'll probably wish for that time back. So just enjoy it and try to find some fun in it. Try to love it. Momhood doesn't have to be horrible. You know, it really should be like a great time. So um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I know we're up against time now, but one of the things I always close with is asking women what women should be asking themselves more, but I want to give it a little bit of a twist since we're focused on motherhood. And this is because I'm a, a journaler. Sounds like you are too. And I also invite women just to have deeper, more meaningful conversations with themselves and other women. So I will ask you, Melissa, what's one question moms should be asking themselves more? Mm, I love this. And so I just went through this whole series of different questions and things like that, that actually we ask ourselves, but I think the one is how do I want to feel today? I think we have so much more control than we know, control over our feelings, control over our situations. And sometimes it can feel like it's we're spiraling out of control. We don't have any control of anything. But if we just step back and really think, really, ultimately, how do I want to feel today? You know, and just start with that. I'm really big on feeling like, how do I want to feel? Because if you're feeling anxious, if you just stop and pause and take a breath, Sometimes that can really shift your energy, shift the situation, maybe shift you yelling at your child, shift you saying something that you didn't want to say or really need to say or might have to apologize later for. So I think for me, if it was going to have to be one, like, how do I want, if it wasn't like, how do I want to feel? It would be like, how do I want to feel today? Because I think asking yourself that can really determine, okay, no one says I want to feel crappy. I want to feel angry. I want to feel depressed. I want to feel sad. You would think. So if you start that way and have that intention throughout the day, okay, I want to feel energetic today. I want to feel happy today. I want to feel kind today. Like maybe you've been feeling like a big meanie lately. Maybe I want to feel calm today. And I think asking yourself that question and then having that intention throughout the day, you can flip it to like a mantra. I am calm. I am calm and peaceful, whatever that is. I am joyful today. Like one of my mantras every day is I say, joy runs through every cell of my body. And so I just say that every single day. I have it in my car. I have it in my journal in the morning. And so setting that intention in the morning, how you want to feel, and then thinking about that just throughout the day, I think can really be helpful. Wonderful. I loved learning from you. And obviously you have so much wisdom to share with mothers. I know that people will want to continue to learn from you. I know you talk to moms on your podcast all the time. So please tell us where we can follow you and cheer you on and and learn even more. Yeah, I would love that. And I love what you are doing too, Whitney. I think it's so important. I think as moms, it can feel very lonely. So to have these conversations, I think is so powerful. So thank you for, for thinking of me to have me on here. I really appreciate it. And I'm on, I love Instagram. I think Instagram is fun. So you can find me at melissa.clampit. That's pretty simple. And we're having a lot of conversations just like this over on my podcast, which is the Reawakened Mom Podcast. 
podcast. So I would love to have you listen to that too. I'll have to have you on Whitney. Hey, all right. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. I'll make sure to get your Instagram and your podcast in the notes so people can, can learn more and follow you. And thank you so much for your time, Melissa. It was great to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.